0: Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible reading guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and your host, DJ Payne.
1: G'day and welcome to episode 105 of Thrive Deeper. It's DJ Payne here, your old pal, and on this fortnight's episode, I sit down with our good friend Matthew Jacoby, and we start a three-part series that I'm so excited for. This is all about the book of Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. So on this week's episode, we have part one on Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to try to get through the first half of it. on uh, In a fortnight on episode 106, we've got Ecclesiastes part two, and then uh, something I'm really looking forward to, episode 107, about the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. So if you've got questions around any of that, we're going to let you know how you can get in touch with us. Now, I'm excited to get into this book, Ecclesiastes, one of the darkest books that we have in the Word of God might not be pretty for a little while on this episode, so strap yourselves in, grab your copy of Thrive, and let's get into the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, Matt here we go, we're going into the, now I just need to set up the scene here because it's a little bit different than usual, we're recording mm. at a different time early in the morning, we are. on a different day, mm. uh, you've just had a little trip away with the family I which have, is yeah. lovely, it's school holidays at the moment while we're recording I'm about to go away with a little trip with my family, yeah. we're sort of doing a tag team here so we're recording in the middle, the other thing I want to sort of set the scene of is we're we're starting this journey through the book of Ecclesiastes right in the middle of two episodes of our sister podcast Thrive Perspectives where we've been talking to Dr. Clay Jones about death and imm- immortality Yeah, so it's like we're in the middle and we're about to go Ecclesiastes, mm. it's like we're both in the middle of, an, of a bit of an existential crisis <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and you've come here this morning and I think you're right in the middle of an existential crisis. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah that's right. Well I I I, I um, Ecclesiastes is uh, is it is a difficult book and and possibly the most unpopular book uh, in, in in the Bible. Oh, one I, one of my, them, yeah, that's right. And and I always um, always struggle to know how to sort of handle. I mean, I, I get a lot out of I get a, a lot out of this book. Yeah, um, but it's always difficult to know how to um, how to sort of sort of handle this. And and I um, you know I. I was just saying to you before, I was sort of kicking myself a bit. For me, um, uh, you know, I, as you know, I have two roles, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm lecturer, pastor and and, and, and podcaster on the side. And podcaster on the side. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, so, you know, so I teach, I teach quite uh, heavy academic subjects. Like yeah. I teach philosophy and apologetics and, you know, worldview and, and, um, that's all at
1: MST. That's it.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's at the Melbourne School of Theology. And, um, you know, occasionally, occasionally th- th- there's, and obviously that, that, it's a wonderful environment to be in as as a pastor, and and you know I've always said to you, I mean, my first love is is the church. I mean, yeah. I, I, my heart is for the church, and 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 I love the MST role because it's about equipping people. A lot of people, a lot of people who are going to be pastors, actually. Fantastic. And and helping them to think biblically. I mean, it's it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, one of the things that I that I you know struggle with. At times, in, in as much as there is a positive feed, sometimes the academic side can bleed too much into the into the, in, yeah. into, the into the preaching side of things, and yeah. and I mean, it go, sometimes it can go both ways. Some of my lectures sound more like sermons, and some of my sermons sound like lectures. And um, you know, I, I was uh, I was probably kicking myself a little bit over the last week because I, I felt like I that that my treatment of – my initial treatment of the book of Ecclesiastes was just too heavy academic, you know, and while some people – you know, love that, and they get their teeth into it. It does it just, you know. I think it alienates other people. And so what you're, so what you're saying is that on last
1: Sunday's message in, into the the church that you're a pastor at that, that that I attend as well. Again, all these all these messages, it's my the self point, critique, really. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 all the all the messages are videotaped and 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 broadcast. Yeah, it's right. not yeah. like you're you're standing in front of a real audience, even. Yeah. Uh, so you're in this sort of void, preaching to the void. You yeah. know, there and, and putting it out there. As you started now, did I, did I hear right that in on Sunday's Sunday sermon, did you say we're about to enter into a how many part series
2: on Ecclesiastes? A f- five part series. You-, <laughs> <laughs> you, you think that's crazy? Even
1: even me, even me, who's right <laughs> in the middle of studying Ecclesiastes with you for this podcast, I'm like. I actually turned to Benita and say, What the, what, what what did he say? <laughs> and she's like, I think he said five thousand. and I was like, The man's crazy. The man is crazy. because I think um don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm teasing you with that one, but it is as it is such a
2: bleak book for so many people. Yeah, it, it is. It is a bleak book and um and I think and and I don't mind I don't mind the the dark bit, personally, I, I find the darkness actually enhances, it brings out the light, like the light shines brightest in the dark That's places. and a great and, point for this the, book, yeah. The, the light of salvation, I think, shines the brightest for us when we have a really good understanding of how actually dark the situation where we are in is. Yes. Um, this is where I was, I think part of where I was kicking myself is I probably pushed the dark. Went a bit too academic and also pushed the dark thing. Where I, I know you were. Yeah,
1: well, again, you know, a little bit. I'm not. I'm not the typical person in the Mm. in the pew, uh, and I don't want to. I'm not better or elevating myself or anything like that. But I'm probably a little bit more game for something a little bit different or a little Mm. bit more uh, excited. And I know where we're going to end up in Ecclesiastes. Yeah. The.
2: I mean. the, The. I mean. You mentioned before about the thing of speaking in front of a camera. Yeah. I mean one of the one of the problems with that cuz normally normally when I speak in front of people it's like a, a conversation yeah. and actually the eye contact with people yeah. I get a sense of are people getting this or not and how complex how complex this is when you're in front of people you can judge that and I can pull back or mm. Um, and whereas as, it was as in front people, of a camera. If you're
1: talking about Ecclesiastes and, the, and
2: everyone in the pew is just
1: beginning to slow well, down further well, See, further. this is the thing when
2: it's just me in the room <laughs> and, and essentially I'm just listening to Miss, like, well, I understand. I mean, <laughs> and I'm fine with this. But, uh, and. Um, uh, you're, you're giving yourself amens. Yeah, amen, man. Yeah, that's great. Okay, preach it, brother. Uh, yeah, well, but anyway. So
1: you've had. So you've had. So you've you've preached. You've got feedback on that sermon and you've gone away on a holiday and you've gone man I, uh, you've had a bit of an existential crisis about w- what you're doing with it or ha- where are you at with all this because i know that you are you are up to your eyeballs yeah. in books on philosophy and civilization and you know everything that we've been talking about you you've really been doing deep dives into this type of stuff
2: uh yeah and, and that's and again that's the crossover between my role at mst and you know because i'm preparing a unit on on christian worldview yeah um, and so a lot of that reading—I mean, I joked about read, you know reading these books for the sake of. Actually, I'm not really. It's actually it's it's largely for, um, you know, for my uh, for my lecturing. But um, yeah, the ex- existential crisis for me was just me being really hard on myself. And and I, uh, yeah, because I you know while some people appreciate you know I guess a little bit more of the meat and and some of the academic stuff other people do find it alienating and I, and I had a little bit of feedback actually really helpful feedback i I really i I really appreciate critical feedback I, to me I even I mean at times and I had some really i, I you know really well put uh, actually it was really just one uh, one email that I had but it really helped me actually yeah you know and uh and it, you know, it was it was critical, but helpfully critical. And right. I I love that. Yeah. Even even when I receive un and in the past down the years, I've received from very unkind uh, feedback <laughs> non, as well. Non helpful. But yeah. I would rather unkind critical than the no critical. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. because to me, to me, I think oh, so I've I've had it's had this effect. Or even even if I might not agree with everything in the unkind email, I'll always find something. That I can draw from that, yes. and I'll always write back. Thank you so much for this really good point. I'm going to keep this in mind. So, so well, uh, let's,
1: I want to put you on the spot. What? What? And you don't have to give any names or anything actual yeah. details, but let's be, be, you can be as vague about it as you want. You, so, you're saying that you, in, in, in presenting and getting everybody started in the church on the Book of Ecclesiastes, you went fairly dark. You quoted, uh, you know, a lot of uh, mainstream secular philosophers. Yeah. You know, you that really paint a dark picture about civilization, yeah. what life is all about, yeah. and uh, you know, you really went there in the message, and I think you left people. I mean, you gave people hope, but you let them feel the darkness that we we experience in the Book of Ecclesiastes is yeah. pointing out. What was the feedback that you got that that made you go, "Oh, maybe I needed to"? Uh,
2: just just too heavy and academic, and and I and, okay. I, and again, um, it, it it has an alienating effect, and to me, that is inexcusable i i i I just if people feel alienated it's um yeah i really and i'm massively self-critical to (laughs) me there's no room for error in this it's like if i if it alienates people i'm really I, i really get down on myself and again it's just it's and i'm not making excuses but the environment does make it a little bit more difficult because oh, it's just a little more sterile, 100%, 100%. and I don't have that eye contact. To, yeah. You know, when people are looking at me with glazed eyes look, okay, yeah. pull back, man. <laughs> <You know>, um, <laughs> uh, and look. I mean, th- the other thing, the other thing is, is that I I read, I read very widely, and and I get like, I mean, at the, you know, we just were having a conversation before we started. and I'm mm. reading some uh, philosophy, and it's actually, uh, you know, by atheist. Uh, philosophers, yeah, but God is speaking to me through it, like because it's showing me things about the human condition mm. that is pointing me towards Jesus. And I feel, you know, I spent a lot of time reading this last night, and I get up this morning and my, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, Jesus is the answer. You know, I mean, it really, that's it really revives me. But, yeah. but the thing is, is that like I, and, and this is this again, is the caution mm. is that often I'll, I'll I'll quote from all of these books, yeah. and people think, well, but this is. Should we go and yeah. r- no? Like not. It's not that I'm recommending uh, that that stuff. I guess for me, um, I, I I draw a lot from that stuff. It's like the the way that I I see it is. Um, and I know we're, we're going down a rabbit hole here, but no, I, it's I think, good. Um, I I think it's worth pointing out. I, I feel like the way that I see it, it's it's like going out into space, you know, out of our atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, like a like a man in a spacesuit, you know. And my spacesuit is my biblical knowledge. It's like being steeped in Scripture. It's like that is the oxygen that I breathe. It's, it's yeah. the sealed spacesuit. you know. I love and it. I've got to – and it enables me to go out of this – out of the atmosphere of the, of, of, of the Christian worldview. Great. And out into – The darkness. Out into the darkness, the, into the darkness uh, you know, and, and the yeah. – and actually, um, in a lot of cases – I find a lot of insight mm. into the human condition. I, f- I find so much out there mm. um, and I, you know, I put it all together. It also enables me to critique some of the fundamental elements of the way that people think, mm. the fundamental elements of what our society is based on. Mm. It, it enables me to um, exegete our yep. culture. Yes, And as much as I, you know, exegete, you know, exegesis is drawing the meaning uh, out of the word uh, Yeah, out of the word mm. We talk about the exegesis of scripture But equally I'll, I also want to do some pretty deep exegesis on our culture mm. Because I think I think there are fundamental And this is what we were talking about just a little bit earlier what, what I find and what I found And this is bridging us into the book of Ecclesiastes Is that the our situation Pessimism uh, alert or, or, you know it yep. is actually much, much worse than we think it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like what do we, I mean, this is when we talk about the fall of mankind. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we, we take that seriously. And the extent to which we take that seriously is going to affect how seriously we take salvation. Oh. Like the, this, I mean, you know, God sent his one and only son to die on a cross to save us. Mm. For that to happen, it must have been really bad. Mm. For God to say do not love this world, you know, in, in um uh in one John, you mm. know and, and the way that it describes the world system as being corrupt and, mm. and I mean it must be and and I know this sounds very pessimistic and, no. and there's a there's there's a um you know there's something in us I guess that wants to wants to I guess grab for optimism and, and there is optimism here, but the optimism isn't in this world system. Yes. Uh, our optimism is in Jesus. Amen. He is the light in the darkness, and Amen. and if we recognise, uh, and and this, I guess, is, brings us to the book of Ecclesiastes because it is the darkest book yeah. uh, in, in the Bible, and and it's um, it's a really interesting book because it's not like any other, is it?
1: No. It is, it, is, it is unique. We, we, we say, you know, in, in, in people who are studying and looking at the, the Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, we classify all the separate books. It's like we've got our own library here and we have separate sections. You know, there's books that have poetry. There are books that are songs. There are books yeah. that are history. There are books that are, you know, all, de- all these yeah. different types of books. And this sits in the, in the little section in our library of the Bible in the wisdom section. Yeah. You know, and it's you know we've got proverbs, yeah. we've got uh, the book of Job. You know, we've got these amazing books that contain you know God's wisdom, and Ecclesiastes is in there. This weird little book that's twelve chapters, that is incredibly unique, um, yeah. and and for a lot of people, it it feels so bleak, and um, you know, unlike anything in yeah. the
2: Word of God. A lot of people go, well, why is it in there? Exactly. And that's a question that I've been asked to Let me – perhaps it would be good to read a little bit from it so that people yeah. get a, a bit of a sense of of what's going on here. Yes. So, it, the, the book begins with the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Now, the teacher – the Hebrew word here is kohelet. Yep. Um, and and it, it, it's – I mean, teacher is – I think it's a worthwhile – it's a good good enough translation because it's it's like someone – who gathers people know, together? Yeah, gathers gathers people together, and probably so, teacher is yeah, is teacher. As good it could, it could also,
1: it also, in some translations, is preacher. <clears throat> yeah, you know, so teacher, preacher, lecturer, someone who's bringing a yep. crowd
2: together to teach them. Yeah, so you know, son of David, uh, king in Jerusalem, also uh, later says um, uh, in verse twelve, one verse twelve, I the teacher was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Well, the only son of David who was king over Israel in Jerusalem, because the the kingdom divided was of course Solomon. Yeah. Now, um, the, the the general, the, the, there are two possibilities here. Yes. Uh, if we just to cover off on some introductory yeah, issues. Le, yeah. Let's yeah. get into the basics. Um, this is either Solomon, yeah. or and again because remember we're dealing with a very different bit of literature here. Yeah. It could also be, and this is probably now the dominant position yeah. amongst uh, evangelicals uh is that this looks like probably someone adopting a solomonic persona yes uh and not to trick anybody no not to trick anyone not not to go ha ha, ha i've snuck it in as solomon yeah. but to say i'm riding as if yeah that's I, right I, you know i'm yeah, going yeah, that's right. Know. because you know solomon is is the and and look at it, there is there are still some evangelical scholars who still very much stand by the Solomonic authorship, mm-hmm. and and that may indeed it may be something preserved from Solomon. Mm-hmm. There's actually something I like about that. Yep. Because it, it it's you know Solomon goes off the rails as we know, uh, and we don't really see any sign of redemption, as it were, mm. or, 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 in that. He just no. it just ends badly. Yep. Now for the writer of Kings he's less interested in Solomon's redemption because he's more interested in the effects that Solomon's yes. um, apostasy... Well, it's apostasy might be too strong a word. Backsliding, uh, is backsliding away, falling yeah. away, Yes, backsliding, falling away. He's more interested in the effect of that. But what uh, one of the attractive things about reading Ecclesiastes as perhaps reflecting something originally by Solomon yeah. is that it reflects on Solomon's kind of turnaround at some point, realising, yes. I... I lived without God, and it was all meaningless. Yeah. And and I yeah. and 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 in any case, I think even if it is something that that is, you know, adopts a Solomonic persona, mm. I think it's wanting to have that kind of redemptive sort of role. It's like, um, uh, you know, reflecting on the fact that he was this king of Israel uh, in Jerusalem who had it all, and yet it was all meaningless. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so. so it, you know either it's a, either it's something originally written by solomon now there there, there appears to be possibly um, an author who is different from the teacher that's that I was about
1: to point out yeah. exactly the same thing because you know in that
2: very first verse there's this
1: is a voice of someone else it says not the teacher saying this it's saying somebody else is yeah, saying, so these are the words that's of the right. teacher it's like a little introduction and it comes up every now and then there's sort of a third there's a second voice saying you know, introducing yeah. the teacher, but we really get it coming home at the end yeah. of the book, where he says, "Okay, you've heard all the words of the teacher. Now let me give
2: you, yeah. you know, the summary." That's here. right. So it's so in a sense, he gives the meaning of life. It, it yeah. is meaningful. Yeah. Uh, but what he he inserts in here is this long discourse yeah. on the meaninglessness of life, and 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 here is here is here is a taste of this. Uh from verse 2 1 verse 2 meaningless meaningless says the teacher utterly meaningless everything is meaningless now the word there is havel yes uh, under meaningless and and it most pro, it's it's actually the word for vapor or breath or smoke yeah like smoke yeah. you know and 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 i think i mean there's been a lot of discussion around the precise meaning uh, of this word you know s- some people go to the incomprehensible yes end of the scale because uh, uh, they they want to prevent this book from say, saying that everything is meaningless in yeah. some sense that it's just incomprehensible. S- some older translations <clears throat> will have vanity. Yeah, the, the vanity is closer to the meaning the meaninglessness end of the scale. Yes, uh, futile uh, and in fact probably the 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 most amongst commentators the 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 most uh, the favoured idea is that of futility. Yes, because it's because. It's the way that the the word is used throughout the book. Yes. So meaningless, meaningless, and it talks about chasing after the wind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just this pointless activity of chasing after the wind. So, so again, so meaningless. I think is actually a pretty good translation.
1: So again, we just want to because this is a major theme. This word is a major theme through Ecclesiastes. The word, the Hebrew word havel, which can be translated smoke. Vapour, wind, uh, you know, we're, we're getting it as meaningless, futile or vanity. On the other end of the spectrum, and this—and there's – it leans into this in Ecclesiastes as well at some points. It can mean like a paradox yep. or something enigmatic or, un, you know, I don't understand. Like it's its too, you know, yeah. why, why even bother trying to understand it? There's sort of a little yeah. bit of that as well in that. Yeah. Am, I, am I right in yeah, that? The, uh,
2: there is. Yeah. Um, but
1: but but you think that the better translation or the more more obvious thing of what Ecclesiastes is saying is more towards the futile end of the spectrum.
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, look, that's that's the favored that's the favored position. And look, I'm, I'm not an I'm not a Hebrew scholar, yes. so I do my research and I and I sort of go with what I think. Yeah. Uh, the, the majority of of scholars are going with, and that's and and look from my reading of the Book of Ecclesiastes, that certainly rings true. Yeah, because. Um, you know, while I'm not a Hebrew scholar, the, the usage of the term throughout the book yeah. seems consistent with something like futility, with a bit of the incomprehensible as well.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it, again, I, th- I, th- I think it's helpful to keep in mind that picture of smoke.
2: Yeah. You know, like, you know, to think
1: of that smoke, that it's, you know, smoke is there. We can see smoke and we can be affected by smoke if you've got anybody who's an actual smoker in your life yeah. or a vapor you'll see the vapor or the smoke coming out it's great and impressive but then it's all gone, and in a second, and a blink, it's exactly
2: blown away. Exactly. So he, you know, he goes, he goes through. What do people gain? You know, verse three. What do people gain from all the labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. And he goes through. You know, the sun rises, the sun sets. It's the you know the rivers flow into the sea, but the sea is never. It's like this endless. What he sees is a very futile cycle. Now, the word "under the sun" this is the other repeated phrase this, throughout yeah. the book, yep. and and this this underscores the perspective of the book. Yeah. So very this is important. about life in and of itself under the sun, mm. apart from a heavenly perspective. Yeah. Now, the the author, who is different from the teacher, it mm. seems, um, is going to bring that heavenly perspective, the, yep. the, the perspective of divine revelation, but. But the teacher is reflecting on life in and of itself, apart from that.
1: Which is which is a classic again, I wanna I just wanna bring something home. We're recording this episode between two Thrive Perspective episodes yep. with the great Dr. Clay <clears throat> Jones, and and you know, in the episode that has just gone out of Thrive Perspectives episode seventeen, I think, Death and Immortality, you yep. and Dr. Clay Jones in you know, in your work in theology and philosophy do a bit of a deep dive into modern philosophers mm. and the concept of under the sun is something that you guys have both talked about in different you know using different words like the scientific mes- method the naturalistic yep. method yep. looking at the world through modern philosophy eyes where god doesn't exist we have only what we have here yeah well you know even if you think that's a really new take modern philosophy well here it is you know a thousand yep. you know thousands of years
2: ago yeah and and it's and that there is some material in modern philosophy that is drawing out the implications of a, of a purely under the sun, so to speak, in yes. a, a point of view. So, the, the the modern version of that is the scientific materialist view, yeah. which discounts any, any divine activity, any purpose. Uh, the universe is just the product of a blind algorithmic process. Yeah. Uh, evolutionary process that ends up with this so it just happened there's no designer Um, it it all happened by like an eternal game of dice it just it it just all unfolded so the only probably the difference between
1: even the teacher or the preacher you know this 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 uh, person in Ecclesiastes Solomon or another king or another writer taking on that position they at least do refer back to God yeah they they do yeah they acknowledge God but they're not interested in this big picture God at work type of thing they're only interested in what man is
2: doing on yeah, earth that's under right. the sun. that's right. So, it's the under the sun perspective. But for me, actually reading reading uh, from these philosophers who who only have that perspective, what do you get? Yeah. And what you get, and, and it's interesting reading um, uh, David Benatar, who, who um, is a philosopher who really wants to take this perspective to the nth degree, mm-hmm. wants to say, okay um, – uh, we have this naturalistic view of the universe, blind algorithm process that led to this, and he argues that there there is absolutely no meaning to life. I mean, it, it's, he systematically argues against all attempts yeah. of philosophers to find meaning, and he does so, I think, compellingly. Wow. And as a Christian, I'm reading this saying, "Amen, Amen." That's true. yeah, I, I, like yeah. yeah. If you you know, if you disregard any divine agency. Mm-hmm. As, as soon as you get rid of the, the heavenly perspective once you get rid of god you you you, you throw out meaning there is yeah. no meaning yeah. you cannot have meaning yeah. and all attempts to you know for example construct our own meaning um he, as as he points out that isn't really what meaning is mm. um and and so yeah it's and as i as i there's, um, his his major uh, work it's called the human predicament um I mean, it's really dark stuff, uh, really dark, pessimistic stuff, but it sounds exactly like the book of Ecclesiastes. Wow, wow. You know, as I read the book, in the light of the book of Ecclesiastes, it was even the point, you know, I mean, he says, the the teacher says in verse 17, well, I mean, he talks about in chapter 2, I said to myself, come now, I'll test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved meaningless. Uh, and he you know, goes through and, and he says, so in verse 17, chapter 2, verse 17, so I hated my life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And you think, the, like, it's, it's such a dark perspective. Oh. But the point is, is that again he's saying in and of itself it has no meaning yeah we have to refer beyond the under the sun perspective mm-hmm. to actually imbue this with meaning like life can be richly richly meaningful yes. but it's not in and of itself yeah we have to get that from the divine okay. intention for, now, in things. Oh, now I, 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 I'm with you 100. percent But I want to push back before
1: we go to a break here. That I know some people might be listening, or people will have friends who are listening who are atheists, or um, you know not Christians, <clears throat> or yep. have d- different religious views, or, yep. or, or you know whatever they might be in a different position, and they're like, well, I don't feel like that. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I don't believe that there's a God. I believe that we're just yeah. here, and we're here to have fun, and it's all good. And I'm, I'm making something special, and I've got my kids, and I've got my job, and I, you know, just bought a yeah. new car, and and life is good.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it is very counter counterintuitive, and, and this is actually the other other thing that I was kicking myself about because I. I felt like I needed to answer that, and yeah. I didn't. And I, I mean, I'm always so.
1: Maybe I should just come. I, I've into had the a bad week. <laughs> Maybe I should just come into the sermons and yeah. throw questions but at you. Because, while you're I, because
2: again, um, you know, I, I want to be sensitive. I want to build bridges for those who are listening from a non-Christian point of view as well. Yeah. And, and I didn't really feel like I, I built that bridge. But um, enough self-deprecation <laughs> for the moment. Uh, uh, look. I mean, this is an interesting one because, yeah, it, it, people will really kick back on this. You know, how dare you say that our lives are meaningless? Um, Even apart from God, you know, like yeah. what, what I mean by that is the atheist will say, the non-believer yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 will yeah, that's, say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, because they'll say, I, I feel that, that life is full of meaning. Yeah. Um, and I would say, yes, because you are living in a world that is literally that that is full of god well wow. like god is everywhere in there yeah. there is goodness exuding yeah. from all living creatures it's it's like the whole world <clears throat> exudes the goodness of god and so we have this sense it's meaningful life is yes it is yeah. this is the thing but what gives it its mean its meaningfulness is actually it is it is God in all things, and and I think this is this is the thing is that everyone, whether you're a believer or not, mm. we are experiencing constantly the goodness of God mm. in everything. Mm. If if God were to withdraw and leave us without His presence, and that we would actually have the very definition of hell. Yes. Uh, now, at the moment, you know, we just take all of that goodness uh, for granted, but. So, so yes, yes, there is that meaning. And so, for example, the, the love relationship with children and friends, and mm. and and the goodness that we enjoy in it, it seems richly, richly meaningful. And yet, there's a, there's a strange contradiction when we when we don't walk with God, mm-hmm. and we don't walk in God's purpose, mm-hmm. is that we're kind of living effectively. Meaningless in the big cosmic sense, mm. lives. In other words, not according to our divinely created purpose, mm. in a world that is imbued with meaning mm. by mm. God.
1: Mm.
2: Does that make sense? Am I even? Yeah, 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 I yeah. Even I, making I, I, sense there? I, I,
1: I, I'm getting it. If, if if you're not understanding it, please push back and send us send us a mm. question. What what I've done in similar circumstances, Matt. Tell me if I'm on the right page or if I'm understanding what you're what you're saying. Um, There'll be times when I'll be having arguments, well spirited, good, you know, good, good spirited, good attitude. Like we're laughing arguments with my non-Christian friends, my atheist friends, and because I'm I'm overtly Christian in my life, and we'll get into this very um, aspect of you know meaning, and they're saying, "Look, I don't need. Why would I need God?
2: Yeah, look what I've got. I make my own meaning.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've I've got my meaning. I've got my family, my kids, and everything. This seems like just an imposition, (laughs) you know, type of thing. And and I will say, well, all of these positive things that you are saying that you've got are just gifts from God. Yeah, you know what I mean. The fan, like all these things, are gifts from God. And they'll and again, they don't get that. They don't want to acknowledge God. There's a there's part of that. But even even when it gets a bit more philosophical, I try to say, you know the things that you are attributing to good or meaning, we only have that because of like the fingerprints of God left in our culture and our yeah. life.
2: Yeah, so they, they, are, they are experiencing the inherent meaningfulness yeah. of life. Um, and yet, and I think this is where as, as dark as his works are, David Benatar's work uh, has been valuable because he, I think he argues compellingly that that there, there is and can be no cosmic meaning mm. uh in a world a, as we see it from a atheistic point of view yeah you know so and and this may not mean see y- you could believe in god kind of believe in god but not not actually walk with god and i think there's an element in which life becomes futile when we do that now i know see this is the thing this is a little offensive for people mm. Uh, what? How dare you say if I don't walk with God, my life becomes meaning? I'm actually okay. I'm kind of okay with the offensiveness of that. Good because, on Because you. you know, and 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 here is where it, it is the claims of God upon every human life are, is an absolute claim. Mm. And there's there's all. It's also in our natural state as human beings. There's nothing we resist more. I mean, we we want to live by ourselves on you know even if we believe with god you know we'll throw a sort of a religious crust out there you know but we are so prone to living on our own mm. and by ourselves and the bible challenges that i think mm. in a really um, uh, in a really blunt way and it can be offensive when it does and how dare you say i'm not going the right way and, and uh, well you, well you're not yeah. i mean If if you're not walking with God, and it's not about some people being better than others, because I'm not walking with God because I'm better than others, it's just like uh, we we all have the opportunity to turn around and walk with God, and it's just it's just the way that we should go, and we should never ever ever live life without God. It's just the most fundamental thing, and we need not because of what Jesus has done.
1: Amen. Amen. You 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 say you know you're not you're not afraid of being offensive or blunt. You know sometimes the blunt the blunt claims. Well, the bluntest weapon in the in the tool chest here of God is the Book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. This is the bluntest yeah. element that He's using, and uh, we're going to get hammered over the head again and again in this Book of Ecclesiastes. Let's take a quick break. We've <laughs> we're leaving you in a real <laughs> futile state right now uh, under under the sun here. Let's take a quick break, take a bit of a breather, and we'll be back as we get into the Book of Ecclesiastes here on Thrive Deeper. G'day fam, it's DJ here and sorry to interrupt this scintillating conversation. I know, I know you were looking for a pause there of all this dark talk on the book of Ecclesiastes, but I just want to let you know, I, I've mentioned it a few times already in the episode, we've got two really great episodes out around, uh, on our sister podcast, Thrive Thrive Perspectives, episodes 17 and 18, with our very first guest, Dr. Clay Jones, a professor, teacher, wonderful speaker and author from California. And it's the first time we've had a guest on any of our podcasts, and we've done it on Thrive Perspectives. So I would really encourage you to head over to Thrive Today, TV and check those episodes out. I, in fact, think that they are a great accompaniment to what we're talking about, Ecclesiastes. The two-part series is called Death and Immortality, and it's all about Dr. Clay Jones's book uh, called uh, Immortality Projects, you know, all about how man is trying to be immortal and how futile that is outside of God. You're noticing a theme here? So I'd love you to go check them out. We've got all the links to that at thrivetoday.tv. While you're there at ThriveToday.tv, I really, really want to encourage you, and I just want to thank everybody who's done this. You can support what we do over at ThriveToday.tv. That you'll see a button right at the top there of uh, you know how you can support, and you can support us financially. Uh, very, very simple. If you get um, a lot of meaning and a lot of encouragement out of what we do on our podcast. We'd love you to. We'd love you to maybe, maybe pray about it and support what we're doing. We're do, we're doing all of this and, and bearing the cost of of doing it uh, because we love what we what we do, and this is the ministry that we feel God has called to us. But if you want to partner with us and become a financial supporter, you can do that over at ThriveToday.tv as well. All right, ready? Deep breath. Let's jump back into it with Matt as we go deeper into this book of Ecclesiastes here on Thrive Deeper. Welcome back to Thrive Deeper, Episode One Hundred and Five. This is our first part in our little series on the Book of Ecclesiastes, maybe the writings of Solomon. Here is what what it could be a series on. And uh, DJ here with Matt. Matt, are you
2: okay? Is the cloud lifted? <laughs> you sounded
1: pretty dark there in the in the first half.
2: No, I'm. I, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I'm fine. I I have um, I have enjoyed revisiting this book, and and it's. Uh, it's interesting. It's been yet again. It's set off some. It's set off some interesting. Um, reminded me of some interesting ways in which this book has spoken to me in the past, and it's yep. brought some of those things. This is the. I mean, it's interesting. You never. I, I'm committed to growth, which means that uh, there's an, a level of vulnerability that I need to maintain in my life, to never ever feel like I'm there. I, oh. I I need to continually be malleable and 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 I'm always going to be in the wrong somewhere in my like I, I if unless I see where I'm in the wrong, mm. I'm not going to grow. Mm. Growth means that there's something that needs to change. There's mm. something in me that needs to be transformed. And the Bible is real. Has again and again been the touchstone that has brought these things to the surface. Amen. I mean, I. I, I I have read these books again and again and again. I every t- every book we cover, I say yeah, this yeah. about donate because, <laughs> and I always say it's my favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> and you, yeah, that's right, yeah. You always say it's the famous book in the Bible, and 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 for me, you know the, the you know it uh, says in somewhere that you know the word of God is like a double edged sword, you know, oh. and 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 I really do my you know having talked about all the academic stuff, I really. This isn't an academic exercise for me. It it, it is it, God is speaking to me through oh. the Bible in in amazing ways, and it, it lays bare the things of the heart. Yeah. And one of the one of the ways in which the Book of Ecclesiastes has been significant for me in the past is because I I've I've always had a strong sense of of purpose. Mm-hmm. In, you know, uh, I I need to live a meaningful life. Yes. Um, but that sense has also been hijacked. Often often some of our best, uh, the best things in us can become the worst things in us. It's a two-sided coin. When, when, when they get hijacked. And, and that sense of purpose in the past has been hijacked into this terrible achievement orientation thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, you know, brought up in quite a high-achieving kind of family. And, yeah. and so there's this sort of... Um, unexpressed, well, not always unexpressed, but you know, it's sort of, a, you know, sense that you've got to, you've got to achieve big things, you know, yes. and, and so, uh, and and not 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 in any, um, uh, and, and I'm not, uh, you know, I, and, and a lot of that comes through having a non-Christian background. Now, I mean, my. You know, my mum became a Christian when I was in my late teens, and has been the most positive influence. I mean, she prayed me into the kingdom, and you know, has been the best influence on my life. Actually, one of the biggest influences on my life ever since. And, um, uh, and, but I, you know, I grew up with this really high achieving kind of thing, and a lot of people have this. You know, there's this expectation. I talk to a lot of people about this. The, this expectation a lot of parents put it on kids you know because we want to mm. even if parents haven't achieved much they want their kids to achieve more and everything yeah. becomes about achievement 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 and the question is why why great, and, and this, this is question. something that came out of our conversation with clay jones yeah uh we, we're always feeling like we have to do some big thing and leave some legacy and mm. and and when you ask the question why uh it's it's a hard question to answer, isn't it? And, and that's Ecclesiastes is the summation. It's of, the summation of, of that of, of asking.
1: That's why. right. And be, because because again, I love I love that I love how you introduce this 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 section here, Matt. That the word of God is not a checklist. Look, I love reading through the Bible in a year. I'm in the middle of reading the Bible in six months. Yeah. I love that continual habit of reading through the Bible, but sometimes I hate how it ends up becoming a checklist. Yeah. I don't want that yeah. book to be just a checklist on my list of things to read. Yeah. I want it to be living and a ongoing conversation that challenges everything that I think about myself and God and everything like that. And like you said, it's that humbleness to say, to bring it full circle, it's that humbleness that we need to have the posture, I'll use that word, that posture yeah. that we need to have of asking why yeah, and asking why
2: about ourselves and God as we come to the Word of God that I think cha- helps allow us to change. Oh, it's so important. And and, and will, being willing to face the fact that there. There, there can be a lot of things that we pursue and chase after that are actually meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're often, it's often the big things, it's like the big goals that we, that we chase after. Because we think, we think we have to achieve this or do this. And, yeah. and, and there's this sense in which God is saying, why? Mm. No, no, all we need to do is exactly what God wants us to do. Yeah. And that looks more like a consistent series of small things, not big achievements. Mm. Uh, and we often miss very significant moments of purpose because we're too busy chasing some big goal yeah. that is essentially chasing after the wind. Uh, and 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 I and, and I have been, you know, I've been. Um, I found this in myself so much in the past, and mm. uh, and, and can I can and again, I, again again this book reading this book, you know, God has said, "What? Why are you chasing? What? Why are you?" Do-? It's so, so spoken for, to me So that for way.
1: you, so for you, can, and if I throw you under the bus here, if you don't want, or if I t- touch on yeah. something personal, Matt, just sing out. But for you, and this is from you know behind the scenes conversations over years of us being mates, yeah. <clears throat> that challenge for you, I think, has always been around the academic. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, well, if yes, I got that yeah. right. Like, okay, y- uh, all right. I'm, uh, I'll, I've been I've been personal enough in this yeah. episode, episode, so I'll, I'll just um, look. I I. I um, I Because I, cause I okay. think this is a really poignant yeah, yeah. part of Ecclesiastes, it is. Yeah, yeah. is the pursuit of the
1: academic. Yeah. And I think so many young
2: people... And it is a theme in the book, actually. It's a theme
1: yeah. in the book, and I think it's a theme in our life today where so many young people are sitting with this academic pressure on their shoulders yeah. to study university, degrees, whatever, and if they don't get the academic... Things yeah. that they feel that the pressure of culture giving them they're despairing in their
2: life. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not even that. It's more that there is this this kind of view that um, you know we've got to study more and more, and um, you know we live in a culture that pedestals acad- academics, Amen. the intelligentsia, and yeah. and so you know and I read all these books, and uh, I mean I see this. See this happen? People just trying to think, and, and we've covered this in previous, in I forget which podcast or whatever. But this tendency of people to try and think their way into the truth, and yeah. and in Book of Ecclesiastes, you know, he talks about pursuing wisdom. I tried pursuing wisdom, and and I think he's he's talking about that kind of thing, you know, mm. trying to trying to build a kind of a knowledge tower of Babel. Yeah. Now, getting back to your personal question, I think this probably illustrates it. I, I followed, you know, I did. I studied theology, you know, first, and and I didn't even really know why. I mean, I was a musician at the time, working as a musician, and in the early days of Sons of Core and developing that, and and I I actually felt God's call to keep studying. Mm-hmm. It was really a call thing, and and I felt equipped by God to do that as well. Yeah. I mean, I um I, I really it was a real spiritual thing for me, and even the process when when I because I I. Um, did my theological degree and then I went to Deke university and then I did went to Melbourne university where I did my, my doctoral studies. And I I can remember the whole process being a really deeply spiritual process. Mm. But the problem is there's, there was all always this danger to want to, uh, to want to climb the, um, up into the ivory tower, you know, to want, to want to, um, be the smartest or be the, you know, and, and publish the most or, or, that that kind of thing and yeah. and you can get you can get really lost in that mm-hmm. and and I think what what often happens is that people people go into academia and I've seen a lot of Christian this happened to a lot of Christian students and it's like they become almost too smart for God too smart for the Bible yeah. you know oh yeah I, I I don't believe the Bible anymore cuz I studied all of this stuff and, yeah. and 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 I've discovered it's not true and yes well um I mean, there's a whole lot of problems with that because you know there's a certain methodology that gets promoted in universities that essentially um, you know causes us to doubt everything and doubt everything, and but you never end up at a point where you believe anything, and so it's like chasing after the wind, yeah. You know, so it's like trying to build, it's like knowledge for knowledge's sake, and Mm. this is what I've what I experienced. Um, And I remember, I remember sitting in a. in a conference at the end of my doctoral studies, and and at this stage, I was looking at possibly going into an academic career. I mean, my, my f- even then my first love was the church. I was uh, leading the young adults uh, group at at church, and um, and at that stage, I thought I'll go into an academic career, and I'll you know, but you know, church is always going to be the main thing for me. And and I remember sitting in a in a conference and. And it was this high-level esoteric, you know, these lectures by, you know, some person overseas. And um, and I remember s- sitting there thinking, this is all completely meaningless. Like, it is <laughs> completely uh, – this is like a joke. It's a bunch of people sitting in some high-up ivory tower, uh, you know, thinking about things that, uh, you know, we – it, it just the whole thing seemed pointless, and and actually, my growing sense of purpose. Yeah. You know, I, I I was getting used to doing things with a deep sense of purpose, and my engagement with church life was giving me that c- constant state of purpose. Yes, and so it it really polarized things for me. And I remember at one point, uh, you know, I, and it was like a three day academic conference at Monash University, you know, in philosophy or whatever, and and. After the first, uh, halfway through the second day, I actually couldn't bear it anymore, and i I walked out of the conference and I said, "God, save me from this!" <laughs> like I said, I don't want to be I don't yeah. want to be an academic philosopher. I just I don't want to follow this, you know this line and 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 I was actually doing pretty well. I had a good public, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. already uh, had a good uh, publication and uh, and and I was kind of doing okay, but I completely lost a taste for it because it just seemed meaningless. Yeah. The whole thing seemed meaningless. You had a, you had the
1: Ecclesiastes I, I had the Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah. I
2: can remember it so clearly. And I can remember thinking about Ecclesiastes at that moment yeah. and saying, God, I, I you know, I've done all of this study and I was finishing it off at that stage. And I'm thinking, why, you know, why did I do mm. all this? it just seems so and because I, I felt like God called me into it. And it was like I think it was like the next week I think a couple of the elders sat down with me and said, you know, we'd love you to step into a role at the church. Wow. And I just knew it was of God at wow. that stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I put the heart. whole academic yeah. the whole academic career and, and look, um, you know, after ten years of ministry, I went back you know, I started at Melbourne School of Theology and mm. and I love that role. It yeah. actually because it has purpose. So yeah. so I so all of that philosophical training um in the context of yeah. something that is meaningful, yeah. so and this is the thing, you know, I mean, the, the, the teacher in Ecclesiastes talks about wisdom, it's all meaningless. Mm. Yes, in and of itself it is. Yeah. Yep. But in the hands of God, you know, um, knowledge and wisdom, see, even wisdom, if it's not in the hands of God, it's, it's actually meaningless. Yeah yeah and again this
1: is bringing back the themes of of you know the meaningless the futility but also remember the theme of ecclesiastes is under the sun and we see from the other books of wisdom that w- the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom well if you take the lord part out of yeah. it there's no the wisdom yeah. is just a circular it is. nothingness And, you know, and so you've experienced that. Now, Matt, you've experienced that with academics and I know people are sitting there and they're they're listening and and some people have gone through the same thing. But I know that we have, you know, mums, tradies, you know, business people, all different people, not maybe in that academic world who are listening, who are identifying the same thing. They've gone through the routine time and time again. Yep. I'm the furthest thing from an academic, yep. but I hear you and I understand that because I've had these Ecclesiastes yep. moments in family life. Yep. You know, as much as I love my family and my boys, yep. and you do everything for the boys, There's all, all of us as parents can can say at yep. one point where we go, what, this is... Why am I doing this? Yeah. These kids don't appreciate anything. Yeah. This is this is just meaning this this legacy that I'm
2: trying to leave in these children. Who cares? Yeah. You know, we have these ecclesiastes moments, and they're good moments. Yes, because it brings us back to the main you know to the main thing. Why am I doing what we do? And if if you feel. Like your occupation or your job or being at home raising kids or whatever you're doing, mm. all of these things can be rich, richly meaningful things. Yeah. Uh, if if it's if it all becomes part of you walking with God, yeah. If it's like if if it if you connect all of that with with God and mm. and bring God into that. Every absolutely everything becomes meaning. This is the thing. Even the most mundane activities can be mm. imbued with great meaning because, you know, as Paul says, do everything to the glory of God. This is good. It's like the whole – it's like life becomes this process of dialogue with God. Yeah. Everything that I do becomes – like part of this conversation with God, and becomes richly imbued with meaning. Whether I'm building a house, or washing the dishes, yep. or raising my kids, Yes you know, it's like the famous story of Brother Lawrence, who who was um, a, a a lowly dishwasher in a monastery, and he he, he became. He, there's a famous book called The Practice of the Presence of God, which is a one of the great classics of spirituality, yes, you know, Christian spirituality, and Brother Lawrence, you know worked in the kitchen doing the dishes and found you know would would be in the presence of God doing those dishes and and he and he felt doing that was it imbued with immense meaning for yes. him and he it was like the whole process was like a conversation with God for him yeah so everything actually is meaningful in yeah. the light of God it's like when 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 you when you bring all of that into the light of God it is like the sun rising yeah over something that is otherwise dark yeah. and and so um which is interesting because uh the ecclesiastes talks about under, under the, the sun, sun exactly uh, but but I'm so. I'm suggesting under the uh, you know it's in the light of god really yes. that things become meaningful and so so I think the kind of crisis that we that the writer of ecclesiastes is having mm-hmm. is a crisis that we're being invited into yeah. into this book. This is a weird book, man. Like the, this is like what is what is this for? <laughs> I think it's I think it's there so that we can have that kind of crisis. I, I, I love. I and love ask that, the right questions. I love
1: that phrase that we're being invited into this crisis with yeah. with the teacher. Here. And there's moment, and again, it's it's it, we barely even touch the text, and we're going to have to really get into it on on, on in a fortnight in the episode. Um, and please. If, if you are listening to Matt and I on this episode and you're reading through Ecclesiastes and you've got questions, you know what to do. I say it every week. Head over to thrivetoday.tv. Send us those questions. Get into our Facebook groups and send us the questions. We'd love to hear it. But there are touchstones, even in a book as bleak as Ecclesiastes, there's touchstones and, and points in the book where the teacher will bring out these great beautiful moments. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is a classic yeah, one. Yeah. You know, every time there is a there is a season for everything, a time for uh, you know, like every activity under heaven, a time for we know the song from you uh, know, you know the, uh, you know, the yeah. song that we sing yeah. from the 60s, you know, yeah. all that type of a time for this, a time for you know, all all that great stuff. So there's some beautiful poetic moments even in this bleak bleak book.
2: Yeah. And again the role of that uh there is a time for everything a season for every and, uh, every activity under the heavens a time to be born a time to die a time to plant but for the for the teacher his question is yes but what is it all about yeah because all of this it's like this cycle that goes round and round and round and round um but the it's like he's on a merry-go-round that he feels disoriented by mm, mm. um and he He's trying to find meaning in all of this. Now, again, the time for everything in the light of God. Yeah. It becomes a wonderful aspect of the variety of life and, and the way that everything works. But but, but the point of The
1: point, the point of that, here
2: is is that this all is a bit futile. Yeah,
1: exactly. The point from… I mean, we get that beautiful poem in Chapter 3 and the teacher goes on. I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. He goes on to say in Chapter 3, he says, Look, you know, this is all lovely. You know, various… Uh, you know, God has uh, made everything beautiful in its own time. He planted eternity in the human heart. Huh. But even so, you can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So we concluded that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and enjoy themselves. Like again, you know, there's a time for everything, but you can't see it all how God yeah. is working it out. That's that's in it. What's what? Uh, this is a Virginia, new, living, you, new, living uh, you is, new living translation. New
2: living translation, <laughs> which is good. It's it's a good dynamic translation. But yeah. let me read that from what am I got? What have I got here? Uh, oh, this, uh, no, actually, this is the NIV. Okay. Um, he has said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning. Interesting comment, this, in, yeah. because he's saying that we have this, this intuition, this deep intuition for meaning. And, and this is another interesting thing that more and more psychologists now are acknowledging mm. the fact that we need meaning to... For our well-being We yeah. need a sense of meaning in our lives Sense of purpose uh, There's almost a sense that we can't live without meaning Amen At least we can't live well without meaning So, you know, th- there is this this intuition that there is more That it's... Th- 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 that there is more to life What, what the scientific materialists would suggest mm. Like, you know, when we look at our children They're not just flesh and bone That there's something infinitely eternally significant about them yes you know that that we you know when we uh you know when i say i know my children it's like not just as biological beings but there's a sense of infinite eternal value yeah that goes beyond the physical yeah and so there's this eternal element in our hearts this sense that no life is meaningful Mm. there is a meaning Mm. and and that goes beside this idea that there is a God that this intuition that there is a God and yet he says so we've got this intuition this eternity in the hearts uh, of every human being and he says yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end Mm. so it's like we have this intuition of something that we actually can't grasp Mm. and for him this is part of the dilemma yes like I feel compelled by by this sense of meaning and this sense of God, and yet my mind can't grasp it. And to me, what gives this eternity in the heart's meaning is the fact that God has reached down to us and mm-hmm. taken hold of us. And this is when when we actually um, allow God to take hold of us, um, that's when the penny drops. It's like the, what what is intuitive becomes explicit. What what is implicit in our being, in our hearts, yeah. becomes explicit as we receive that special revelation. Theologians speak about general revelation, which is this eternity in the hearts yes. uh, of people, this innate sense of God. But special revelation is when God connects with that yeah. and says, "Oh, here I am." Yeah. This, this, this because this it, is me. Because this
1: and this is what Ecclesiastes. I think we we can leave it here for this for this week. This is what Ecclesiastes is all about because it doesn't work the other way. No, we can't reach yeah. and grab hold yeah. of meaning. We've got the hole in our heart that we cannot fill, yeah.
2: and we cannot grab hold of it and pull it in. Yeah, it has to be the
1: other way That's around. Right.
2: Meaning has to take hold of us. And, and I and I think this is a this is the the really unique thing about the biblical worldview yeah. uh, because there's a. There's a famous book written by Abraham Heschel, who's a um, a Jewish writer, a Jewish writer, and he's written a book called uh, God in Search of Man. And I've always loved the title, That's God in Search title. of Man, because it underscores the uniqueness of the Judeo-Christian, the biblical mm. perspective, that this isn't a religion of man uh, trying to reach up to God, uh, trying to, um, you know, Grasp God in some sense. No, the Bible is about God reaching down and grasping us Mm. and taking hold of us. and And unless we, unless that happens, it is all meaningless. And it can't, you know, unless that happens, we can't work it out ourselves. Mm. Unless that happens, we do, we are left with this meaningless, naturalistic process. Unless we allow, um, unless we allow God to take hold of us and 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 unless we connect with his self-revelation and people, this is the problem is that people don't because they keep going to worldly wisdom trying to work it out themselves but we just can't this is what the teacher is saying you can't, we can't work it out ourselves because it every road of working it working it out on our own leads to meaninglessness it's like chasing after the wind mm. no god has to reveal himself to us and this is where he gets to in the end you know he says fear god and keep his commands um which presuppose and commands meaning god's purpose not just the following the rules um and fearing god is having an absolute regard for god so this is This is assuming that God has revealed himself to us and God has revealed himself to us and he is revealing himself to us. God has not left us alone. He's revealed himself to us through his prophets, ultimately through the person of Jesus Christ and he continues to knock on the door of our hearts, each one of us by his Holy Spirit. And if we open our hearts, Mm. then we actually step into a life of meaning that, as I said before, brings meaning to everything. Absolutely everything can become a matter of glorifying God.
1: Part one of our two part look in the book of Ecclesiastes. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully we didn't leave you you know, as bleak as parts of the book can be. Hopefully we've left you with a little bit of a sense of hope. I love how personal uh, Matthew got on that uh, on that episode. And hopefully that's prompted some personal questions in your life and some personal ponderings about meaning in your life. If you've got those questions, we would love to hear them and talk with you further. The best way to do that is head over to thrivetoday.tv. Thrivetoday.tv. You'll get all the information you want to know you can listen to past episodes you can go find those episodes of thrive perspectives we've been talking about talking about death and immortality with dr clay jones but in the midst of us going through the book of ecclesiastes we would love your questions and if this has prompted anything around that please reach out to us and uh, get in touch well we'll see you back here in a fortnight as we wrap up this look at ecclesiastes on thrive deeper
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Deeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.